Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In today's episode, we'll talk with Mina Jeffers and share about the hymn, Be Still My Soul. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. The first part of Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. This verse and the hymn, Be Still My Soul, seem appropriate for us to explore as we have turned the page on the challenging year 2020 and move into the year 2021. The text of this hymn was originally written in German by Katharina von Schlegel. Not much is known about her, but we do know that she was a Lutheran involved in a revival movement in the 18th century. She published a collection of hymns in 1752, which included this text. This text is the only of hers that was translated into English. That translation was done by a Scottish woman, Jane Borthwick, about a hundred years later. Borthwick was known for her translations of German hymns. The text in English is most often set to a tune written by composer Jean Sibelius in 1899. Sibelius was Finland's most famous composer. He started off learning the piano, then the violin, and then moved into composition and conducting. He's most known for his symphonic works. The tune is named Finlandia and was first written in 1899 for a historical tableau and then adapted into an orchestral tone poem in 1900. The tune itself was first used in a hymnal in 1927. Today's episode concludes with the singing of Be Still My Soul by the Congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church with Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to contact me at marty at vhbc.com. It's been uh, such a blessing for me to hear from folks uh, who have been in our church uh, a long time and folks who are relatively new to our church say that in these podcast interviews, they've learned something new about people uh, that they didn't know before. So I am really glad uh, that that's the case. And I'm sure that will be the case today uh, as we hear from our guest, Mina Jeffers. Welcome, Mina. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for taking time out to do this today. Well, um, I have heard you and I talked briefly about a new endeavor that you're undertaking. Tell us a little bit about that and your nursing. Oh, yeah. I started to say, wait a minute, what new endeavor? Well, (laughs) (laughs) or an old endeavor reinvigorated. There you go, an old (laughs) endeavor. Well, I've I've been retired for eight years from full-time nursing practice when I was in Auburn. And then after I retired, I did a little parish nursing. And um, I wasn't going, this was a year to renew my license by 
the end of this month. And I wasn't going to do that. And my daughter-in-law, who's also a nurse, said, yes, you are. <laughs> and um, she said, just think of what you could do. You could help with giving COVID vaccines. And I said, well, you know, I had thought about that. And um, that's a good idea. So for nurses, you have to renew every two years and you have to have 24 hours of continued education. Normally, you do that over a two-year period. <laughs> However, <laughs> I did mine over three days. So I was on oh, just a goodness. tad bit of sensory overload. And when it was finished and I celebrated and I told her, uh, don't ask me to do this in two years again <laughs> because I really will be too old then. And she said, oh, no, no, no. Then we'll be able to do it over two years. <laughs> so right. anyway, and so I did it. And I'm hoping that I have an opportunity. Um, to to give some COVID injections. I know I've gotten an email from Jefferson County Health Department and from CBS and and UAB is also looking for folks. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if it pans out great. Well, that is uh, such a noble endeavor. And I'm glad that your daughter-in-law convinced you to, to well. do that on behalf of <laughs> all of us who hope to get a COVID vaccine sooner yeah. than later. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, um, maybe we can talk about your husband, Jim's uh, late life uh, endeavor as well. Uh, right. So that, that <laughs> might come up a little bit later, but it sounds sure. like it's um, it's uh, something that you all have in common. So I think that's, right. that's great. Well, yeah. tell us a little about a little bit, mine, if you would, about what you're involved with at VHBC. Well, you know, we're new members, been at two years in this past October. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the first thing I did was join the choir because that's the first thing I do pretty much every time I uh, we're at a different church. And um, I've also had subbed in handbells. I wish I could continue that, but I'm still having some shoulder issues. So that's not a thing right now. And then also I did, uh, Nancy asked me to help with mission friends, which I did, four and five-year-olds. And I had your sweet little Duncan. Yes. And uh and we had a good time. I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I miss And that was a good opportunity for me to get to know the children, young children, which I love working with, but would never have had an opportunity mm -hmm. otherwise, because mm -hmm. we're not in that. And our children don't go to church there. So I don't have that connection with those age children. So that was a really great opportunity. And I look forward to hoping I can do that again. Well, as Duncan's parent, uh, parent, I will say my own word of thanks to you for <laughs> for doing that, and uh, I know he enjoyed his time with y'all as well. He um, did. I hope. So you are an alto in the choir, and I, I, I will refrain from going into the um, maybe the personalities of somebody who sings in careful, the alto section. Careful, careful. Yes, versus careful, the soprano careful. section. But uh, I know that you and my wife uh, have talked about some of those things. So um, Yes, well, altos are special ladies. And the really special ones sit on the second row. <laughs> I mean, that's been my, you know, that's what uh, in other churches, I've uh, always been a second row alto. Now, that doesn't mean you sing second alto. It just means right. you're. On the second row. Well, that's that's a subset of the altos that I have not uh, heard well, specifically explored, but I can't I can't argue with you. I, I'm sure you can't, <laughs> and I will not ask you to reference any of my prior uh, choir directors about me or 
second altos. I, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> that's that's wise. Very wise. <laughs> well, uh, tell us a little bit about your your background in music. Um, what that was like for you, maybe growing up, and then how that's uh, led you into adulthood. Well, uh, growing up, I was um, my mom played the piano. I, I grew up in a, a very small town uh, in Kentucky in a very small church. Um, it was a Disciples of Christ Church, and very very small. So I've been singing since I was a little girl, and um, mother played the piano. So naturally, if groups got to singing, why well, I was right in the middle of the mix and sang with you know other um, kids my age, little quartets and things like that. And then when I got into um, elementary school, you know we had music, and I did that. And then in high school, I sang and. In just the general chorus and then a girls' chorus, I was in uh, band. And um, in fact, I, we lived in Ohio for a part of the time when I was in the like the fifth, fifth and sixth grades, I guess. And so I got to start in band in the sixth grade. And so I wanted to play the flute. I was so excited. I wanted to play the flute. I thought that was so cool. And I didn't get to play the flute. My mother was teaching at the time. And she went to the band director and said, Mina wants to play the flute. However, we have a tenor saxophone <laughs> and Mina will play the tenor saxophone. <laughs> so I played the tenor saxophone. Now, here I was five feet tall and you know how big a tenor sax is, <laughs> but I learned and, and loved it. And then when I got into high school, I played tenor sax, but then our band director decided we were going to, and it was new, a new band, and um, we were going to have uh, other wind instruments. So I learned to play the bassoon, and uh, I love that too. And the fingering with the bassoon is very similar to a tenor sax. So it was kind of an easy transition, except for the fact it went from a single to a double reed. So, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't get to carry that, you know, I just did band through the four years of high school. So that mm -hmm. was it. So, mm -hmm. and then, Every time we've gone to a church, I've always been in the choir and uh, sung in small groups and things like that. So mm -hmm. I love it. I, I wouldn't, I can't imagine not doing that. Mm. Yes. Yes. Can't well, imagine we, not doing that. We talked a little bit about your, your nursing career. Tell us a little bit more about that uh, part of your life. Well, I guess when I was younger, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher because my mom was a school teacher. And uh, then in high school, I just kind of had a little bit more leaning, I guess, towards medicine. My grand, my maternal grandfather was a physician, and I had two uncles that were doctors. And at that time, when I was in, in high school, my mom was uh, teaching in Longridge, but she was working as a medical records librarian at the hospital. And so I kind of got more... Uh, used to that and being around the hospital and, and with her and meeting some of the nurses there. So I went to nursing school in Louisville, Kentucky and um, thoroughly, thoroughly loved it. And I never really wanted to do anything different. And that's where I met Jim. Um, he was in grad school at Southern Seminary and the seminary students, I was working on the psychiatric unit because I loved that. And because my uncle was a psychiatrist, and so it was just, I, I really liked that. And so Jim was doing his clinical pastoral training, and so these young seminary guys came to uh, work on the floor where I was. And I was 
uh, we would give report. And um, that, that's, that's how I met him. So we used to, when we would go to different churches and different Sunday school classes and, you know, how you go around. And so where did you and Jim meet? And uh, I would always say on a psych floor. <laughs> and, and those that knew us knew, you know, but those who didn't would go, oh, really? Well, that's interesting. And we <laughs> just go right on. But <laughs> But we did meet on a psych at four, and then after people got to really know him as well, they, you know, kind of wondered, well, who was who and who might have been the patient, you know. But anyway, <laughs> but, I, but I, I love that. And then I, I stayed in psych nursing for several years, and then we moved to Atlanta, and I did psych nursing there. And then I decided uh, I thought I probably ought to go back to med surge. I didn't want to lose my skills, so I worked in a a med surge hospital there for years and then I've I've done a little bit of everything I did that we lived in Memphis I worked for an OBGYN and then my last uh, things were in pediatrics I worked at Greenville Pediatrics here for several years and then for a private um, single practice pediatrician here and then I retired at um, Auburn University as the nurse manager of the student health center on campus which was lots of fun. That was um, probably my my very favorite job. It was, and I, when I first started, I told people it was just older pediatrics. And the the thing was, I used to see kids, you know, that I had taken care of when they were babies and little kids in the pediatrician's office, and they came to Auburn as students. And moms would embarrass them when they'd see me. She they'd go. Mine, is that you? And then they'd look at their son or daughter and say, oh, my, she used to give you your shots and she changed change your diet. And they, they would just, you know, the boys would go, mom, that's enough, you know. So, but I loved it. I was there for 16 years. Wow. And, and then when I retired, I did some parish nursing for about five years, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Great. Well, I, um, I, I know you could say a lot more about this part of your life, but I knew your son, Brian, uh, at another right. church uh, that I went to when I was in, at a student at Stanford. And I'm sure that your um, background in medicine and the, the skills that you had there, both the technical things and the caring side of uh, nursing, played a big part in, in the way that you um, were able to, to be a part of your son's life. Well, yeah, it did. And um, maybe in a good way and maybe not sometimes. And, you know, I was real cognizant of that, obviously. And uh, one, for a brief stint, I worked at at Children's Hospital on the nephrology, the kidney floor, because Brian's Mm -hmm. doctor at the time said, you know, I want you to work. He knew I was looking for a job. And he said, I want you to work. I said, I don't know. He said, yeah, you'll be great. Mm. And uh, I said, okay. So I did, but it only lasted about, I lasted maybe five, six months. And, and I finally just told the director of nurses, I said, this is, you know, I have to deal with this at home and at work too. And it's not yeah. fair to yeah. me or him. And and then poor Alan, our other son, you know, it, it, you know, he just, when he would get sick, he'd go, I don't want to go to the doctor. And fortunately I was working for a pediatrician that, was our pediatrician and he would come mm-hmm. to the house and see the kids. Yeah. And, and then now Alan's married to a nurse. And so he, he has <laughs> no chance because you know, yeah. you're sick. Well, yeah, you'll get better. So. 
Well, uh, for folks who don't know um, about your son, Brian, and that, that journey for him, could you tell us just briefly what, what, that, what that story was? Well, when he was uh, born, when he was a month old, he had his first surgery, and we discovered that he had a, uh, a defect in his kidneys. And so he, um, they really weren't sure that he was going to survive through that first surgery at a month old. And um, we, we were told we couldn't take him out or do anything like that. And after about a month, and he was like a couple of three months old and we'd been home and Jim and I looked at each other and we said, Mm-mm, this isn't how we're going to live. We're going to do the very best we can. We're going to live with what we've got and we're going to have a, a good time and it's going to be okay. And so we, we got in the car and we went out to um, a store, went to a rich way, which is kind of like Target now, you know, mm-hmm. and the first person we saw when we walked in to the store was our pediatrician and he looked at us and he said, and well, I hope you all are doing okay and um, have a good day and turn around and walked out and didn't say any more. And he was so good to us after that, you know, and, and that's been our, 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 our was our journey the whole time that we made the best of what we had. And we were, you know, when he was on dialysis and we went on family vacations every year to the beach, the dialysis group at the Children's Hospital was always so good to plan ahead and get us a place for him to dialyze. Sometimes he used to take, when we were at Brookwood, he was, uh, we went on all the mission trips and stuff and we, he did dialysis in New England and in New Orleans and Houston, Texas and all over. And so, we decided, you know, life was going to go on, that this was just part of our life, but we were going to make the very best of it that we could. And we did. And, um, and I, we don't have any regrets. It was, yeah. uh, it was a life fulfilled. He, he, he was a true gift to us, you know, and had a be- beautiful voice. And, and, and that was his gift. And uh, mm-hmm. we still hear it sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah. And I know that um, Brian's health journey has led now Jim, uh, your husband, Jim, into a new uh, chapter in his life and chaplaincy. And um, but that, you know, uh, Brian's life continues to give through Jim and the way he's uh, started a new chapter in chaplaincy. And I think that's really wonderful. Right, it does, and um, I'm proud of him. And I'm hoping he's hoping to be able to to resume that sometime when this COVID stuff settles down. Yes, so yes, yes. Well, tell us about your family. We've kind of uh, talked a little bit about your husband and your son. Tell us a little bit about them. Uh, well, <coughs> you're talking about Jim and or about <laughs> Alan. Alan. <coughs> Alan is married to Amy. Amy's a nurse. They've been married. 12 years now, and they have three children. Ansley is 11, Blake is 10, and Carly is six. And um, and that's why we moved back to, to Birmingham, mm-hmm. so that we could be near them to help with them, but also to enjoy the kids and watch them grow up and um, when they still love us as grandparents and not as somebody just <laughs> to... Uh, uh, you know, to do certain, but it's, it's been a true blessing to be back here to, to see them grow up because, uh, mm-hmm. and they're fun and they have 
sleepovers and all that. And well, I know they're it. very fortunate to have, have y'all in, in their lives. So I'm glad that you've, that worked out for y'all to move back to Birmingham and to, to be a part Us of the too. HBC too. Us too. The second half of John 10, 10 says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus speaks those words there in that verse. So um, I have um, enjoyed hearing from every podcast guest about um, what's bringing them life. So Mina, I'll ask you, what's bringing you life these days? Well, um, a lot of things, really. I, uh, I like to read. Uh, Lottie St. John and I are great friends. We've been friends a long time. We uh, in a group of ladies called the Birmingham Beach Babes. And uh, so <laughs> I won't tell you too much about that. <laughs> might get us both in trouble. But um, <clears throat> so we share a love of reading and we share books and talk about books that we've read. Um, music and hymns are are real special to me and to Jim. And, and when Brian was so sick, times a lot of times... Um, it was that that got us going and kept us going and kept us grounded um, and still does, still does. There are certain hymns like, uh, I guess, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past has been one of the ones that have just uh, really helped um, many, many occasions. And then I guess it as well with my soul is probably my very, very, very favorite. Now it's the grandchildren and the things, just the joyful things that they do and that the innocence and and watching them and the things that they'll say that are just so special. And, and I had a, have a friend in Tallahassee uh, <clears throat> who posted something the other day about her grandchildren. And I thought, you know, that's right. She, she was just watching her smallest grandchild ar- going around and doing all the little things that two-year-olds do. And she said, I'm just soaking up all the happy. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's right. That's exactly. And and that's kind of what I've tried to do with all this um, pandemic. And when you have your quiet times and when you can be out in the yard or and looking at the things. And Jim and I take uh, day trips. We try to do that about once a month. And uh, about a couple of weeks ago, we went up to Natural Bridge and walked around. And it was just, you know, those are the kind of things that, kind of help you soak up the happy and not think about all the other stuff that's out there mm-hmm. that you don't need to have to deal with sometimes. It's just good to take that off the plate and remember where you are and who you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. why you're here. Yeah. Well, so. I, um, I love, I love those responses and the ways that you've found, uh, to sort of, um, stay balanced and centered and uh you know um, I, I think that's great well my yeah. I, I have uh just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today thanks and, so have um, i we'll have to uh we'll have to chat a little bit further off the record about some of the things that you've mentioned today uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've raised more questions i think for me to Uh-oh. ask you off Uh-oh. the record of course so okay All right. I'm game if you are. (laughs) This has been a real treat, Mina. Thank you. For me too. Thanks, Marty. Subscribing to this podcast makes it easy to find new episodes. 
This episode concludes with the singing of Be Still My Soul 